1: Steve Rosenbloom. We suck so your self-quarantine doesn't have to. Mark Grody.
2: I think there will be lasting derivatives of this once we get through it, and hopefully we will, um, with minimal damage, that um, people will be more aware, honestly, of washing
3: their hands. and um, good thing. And
2: apparently wiping.
3: Apparently wiping. They suck
4: so you don't have to. They can do what they have to do. They know what they have to do. Now they don't have any problem getting it done.
3: Founding members of the WB Club. Wake and bake. Come on.
4: Where's Toby? Well, so I'm practicing, you know, social distancing, and I have a few tips for everybody, you know. You know, no sharing pipes or joints. Things like that.
1: The three words that describe this show, and I quote stink,
5: stank,
2: stunk.
1: It's Saturday
0: suckage on the score.
1: We should be 670 WSUK. Good morning, welcome in. Saturday suckage. Steve Rosenblum, Mark Grody, we suck so you don't have to. And it's quarterback Apalooza again. There's Mark Grody over there. Hi, Mark Grody, how
2: are you? Well, you got a quarterback for the Bears, Steve? Who you I got, got all man. of them. I got really? all of them. You
1: know, how, you know how Ryan Pace gets used and we've seen him bid against himself? You know how he gets used in, in leverage? Well, now the Bears are getting used in every kind of tweet report suggestion they are just getting bounced around and we've seen an example of it in the last 12 hours let me you know what you week. might
2: you might be right in fact i'll go so far as to say you're right but i like it as a matter of fact i love it i love that the bears are even if they're in play in an untoward way i like that they're sort of in play even if it's i'll use another word even if it's a peripheral way even if it's pie in the sky I like that the Bears are thinking about these things because it, it could have, I mean, the Bears could turn back into a pumpkin and the pumpkin in this case would be Nick Foles because that, that's where it still could be trending. But the fact that, what, so what you're saying is the Bears have a chance, it's all I need. It's all I need to be at this pitch of enthusiasm right now at 11.03 on a Saturday morning.
1: Look at that! He's referencing Dumb and Dumber while talking about the Bears' pursuit of a quarterback,
2: mm-hmm. and Cinderella, and Cinderella. And Cinderella. So, yes, yeah. This is a good. Right. This is a good show so far. So let me explain where we
1: are. Now, I'll explain, Lucy. Brad Biggs reported yesterday, posted online at ChicagoTribune.com, that the the um, the, the wording is particular here. So uh, let me get it exact. The thinking among multiple sources is the Bears have prioritized making a run at Seattle Seahawks quarterback Russell Wilson. I'll read that again. You can you you can parse this anyway, you could parse this however you want, but it is worded in a particular way that the thinking among multiple sources is the Bears have prioritized making a run at Seattle Seahawks quarterback Russell Wilson. So this is only the thinking of multiple sources. This does not, this does not say, in fact, that Bears have prioritized making a run at Russell Wilson. That's goal number one, two, three, four, five. That, that's from Brad Biggs. So then, Bleacher Report goes back to Lewis Riddick, ESPN Insider, on telling Rich Eisen that he's got this, This here's the Deshaun Watson Derby. The Panthers with a new owner, make a big splash, blah, blah, blah. We've seen that before. Plus the Jets and Dolphins, because you want to set up some kind of bidding war between divisional rivals, and the Jets certainly have what with to give in draft picks, and they could give you another quarterback, whatever Houston wants to do. But then there's this from Lewis Riddick. It becomes everybody's go-to, everybody's crutch. Quote, I keep saying this, and I know the people who work there, and some of them are good friends of mine, are probably sitting there going, Lewis, why are you doing this to us? But they know it too. In Chicago, they are in a tough, tough spot, okay? If they don't swing, and I mean Barry Bonds knock it out of the park swing and hit at quarterback, they are in a tough spot, end quote. So that's where we are. That's where the, the Bears have now become fodder for riders on whatever side of the quarterback, whatever great quarterback you want that the Bears want that the Bears will never get, as well as teams leveraging the Bears. So given all that, Mark, what do you know? What do you think has much changed in the two weeks since we last spoke of, of this, this vexing issue?
2: I prefer to look at it from a slightly more optimistic view, and that is I never would have thought that the Bears would have in a million years been named in conjunction with Russell Wilson in this offseason or Deshaun Watson, although that's really not happened. I'll not go straw man on you there, but just the fact that there is talk and I get it. Some of it might be for leverage. Some of it is just for what we're doing right now and that's sports talk radio. Mm-hmm. But you can't rule out the possibility. And there are man, there are there are sobering sides to it. There are real possible sides to it. And you know, it's I find the whole thing if if nothing else, I find it very interesting and I think that Bears fans can keep hoping until it's completely squat and until we hear from actually Russell Wilson as opposed to his agent <laughs> saying I ain't going anywhere then you have to keep hopeful cuz these things like right now so much of it is is hearsay and the talking heads and the people that you have quoted and sources and things like that but event- guess what eventually and we're getting close We will actually hear from the actual participants about the middle of March. I think that we will start to hear actual voices about what might actually happen. I do. I think, like if I had to hit the yes or no button, no, I don't think the Bears are going to get Russell Wilson. However, it can't be ruled out, and crazier things have happened. Or maybe they haven't. Maybe that would. Maybe the Bears getting Russell Wilson would be the craziest thing that has ever happened in Chicago sports. It would be. It would be the landing. Yeah, we'll no, I, I think you're right. You're right, Track, man. I mean, I, I can't imagine. Mean, like, like the Khalil Mack thing was massive. The Jay Cutler moment was pretty huge as well. Um, yeah, I'm thinking about in any of our sports, players that were acquired. Like, like even like everybody likes to go to like John Lester and Marion Hosa. Those were great, great signings and or acquisitions. But not as shocking and surprising. Like, you, one could have expected that the Cubs would go for somebody like John Lester or Marion Hosa on the Blackhawks. One probably did not expect that the Bears would, A, go for Russell Wilson and, B, land him. I got a whole alphabet here if you got time.
5: Although, I, I should say real quick we might be belittling the Michael Jordan returns to the Bulls in, the, in 1995 story hmm. because that might be the craziest thing.
2: Well, I, even that. Michael Jordan had played for the Chicago Bulls there was an association it didn't come out of left field it didn't the bulls had won three titles there was something that was not as imp, as great as that like that's a different category that was that was biggest smile in Chicago sports history category not, a, not this is a different category the Bears landing a legitimate franchise quarterback let me think here has never happened. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah. I, I thought that right after I said it. I was like, ah, you know what? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's good. I appreciate your effort there, studs. I mean in that I mean it's it, it it was considered as you saw me do, but it fits in a slightly different category. Michael Jordan returning.
1: In 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 until you said player, I had two two names that were bigger, two things that surprised me more than anything that I thought were massive. And one was the Cubs getting Theo Epstein. That's good. I just did That's not good. think Tom Ricketts was capable of that. He, he, he seized upon it. And the Blackhawks getting Scotty Bowman because he seemed entrenched there. I know the opportunity to work in the same organization as his son was a big deal, but I just didn't think Detroit would say, hey, we're going to let Hockey Yoda go. And I think those were huge. But when you when you limit it, it, it's players, it's a, yeah, I guess, if you're talking about trades, the, the trades would be different from from free agent signings in that you had to give something up and you could win it. I would think Khalil Mack was a massive move. I don't think, as far as surprise, right? Wasn't that a surprise? Wait, uh, absolutely. really? And I wrote about that as some dream. I remember writing about it a month before it happened in the, in the Tribune saying, this is it. If he's out there, do this. I, I look at the same thing with Russell Wilson and Deshaun Watson. If they're out there, you have to do this, more so than Khalil Mack, because this guy's more important, whatever, whoever that guy is, he's more important than Khalil Mack, so you have to do this. But both of these reports, understand, it keeps the name alive. This is why um, at my, my Trader Joe's, um, the Capo de Tutti Cappy was mad at going, can you tell everybody on sports radio, just shut up, there is no quarterback here. They're not coming here. When they come here, you can do it. But this is just a headache. And I said, well, the opportunity to get one is something Bears fans have never seen, so we need to keep warming up to this idea. But these two thoughts, one from Brad Biggs sizing up the, the, the sources as saying the thinking is, and this from about Russell Wilson, and this from Louis Riddick saying he has the Bears as a dark horse into Sean Watson – they're in it because they're in a tough spot. Nobody links the, the bears to actual offers. Actual we've we've you know Oh my god. Now this early in Saturday suckage? I'm shocked too. We have our breaking phone call sounder. Oh. So Trash Panda, share with us.
5: I believe you guys know this one. Wayne in Lafayette is on the line.
1: Okay, buckle up, everybody. Wayne, how you doing? How
6: you doing there, compadres? How's everything going out there in the big city?
2: Oh, we're big.
6: (laughs) (laughs) Always think big, Groats. Always
1: Uh think big, buddy. That's right. Man, oh, man. Hey, buddy, I got a a big-time question for you about this quarterback deal, but I was wondering, did you you hear your uh, uh, Illinois – state coach with uh, Lawrence WB. I want to be a cowboy baby Holmes yesterday on the
2: score. I missed that.
6: And now I'm going to have <laughs> well, to go, you back, might and go back and listen Check him. it out, man. Check it out. But anyway, yeah, hey, um, can can Mr. Pace do the same thing with Russell Wilson? Do he use the same kind of strategy? I don't know
1: what he, what he did to get Mac if he was the only one that knew or, or what the heck what the heck the strategy was, but can he use the same kind of strategy to get Russell Wilson in here for us, big buddy?
2: Oh yeah, yeah we'll, I mean, we'll would, ask it,
1: him. You know, we'll it see, would definitely be. Maybe... Mark, can he? Can Ryan Pace? Now you're the football expert, and I, yeah. and I think the question needs to be: Can Ryan Pace use the same first round draft picks to get Russell Wilson that he
2: used to get <laughs> Khalil Mack? Um... The same ones from back then or now? Uh-huh. Yeah, well, yeah. I yeah. I don't. Yeah, the, the answer is no. And then the other answer is no, because you'd probably <laughs> need more first-round picks if you want to talk truthfully about what it would take. Because right now, even though it seems wobbly for Seattle, they have all the power. They have all the chips, and they don't have to do anything that they don't want to do. So at this point, they would be, Seattle would be, ridiculous to trade him for anything but an absolute ridiculous max soup let's call it a super max haul so it would be much more costly than anything that you gave up for khalil mac but yeah. you know maybe the bears okay. would be at this point in in desperation mode not just for a season but for a franchise and a franchise's history quite frankly that they might be desperate enough or i don't know if that's the right word motivated enough to get that done and to have, what, Russell Wilson's 32? You'd probably have four to five star years. You'd have that guy. That's the only problem, the 32-ness, but who cares?
1: It wasn't a problem for Tom Brady. He's out of decades since he was 32, pl- decade plus. Yeah. The Score Listener line, and uh, Wayne, Wayne reminds me that I should remind you the Score Listener line is powered by BetQL, Bet smarter and beat the books. Download the BetQL app today or visit BetQL.com. You know what? We're going to visit next with a football expert who might have all the answers or none of the answers or some suggestion of what they should do and what they might do and how those are different. He is Hub Arkish, the senior football guru on the score. I'm Steve Rosenblum. He's Mark Grody. This is Saturday Suckage. We suck so you don't have to we hope to find a way the bears don't have to continue sucking at quarterback. Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score.
2: You don't know if you can get the right kind of deal because you know now you're trading a top 5 quarterback and you're not going to get a quarterback as good as he is in the next 10 years. Now I know that Nick signed a 6-year deal and so in these 6 years I mean the team's going to be bad. And so I know that there's still some people in the organization that think maybe it's one to consider making a trade. But again, if you trade him, you're going to be down for so many years. Sure, you could, you know, if, if maybe you get the Jets to give up a second pick, but which they won't, then you have a chance to draft a quarterback. But he's not going to be good as Deshaun Watson. And, of course, if you make a trade with the Jets, there's not enough good players to fill the needs if it's going to be four draft choices and two good defensive players. So that doesn't work out. that
1: is John Clayton of the Washington Post. He was on these airwaves with Hub Arkish. And now on Saturday Suckage here on The Score, Hub Arkish is joining us on The Score Hotline presented by Alphamonte Ford. Alphamonte Ford at Melrose Park on North Avenue or APFord.com. Hub, how you doing this
4: morning? I am good, Steve, how you doing?
1: We're doing good, we're trying to suss out these lack of report reports and what's true what's not where is this headed it seems like the bears are getting used in tweets and reports the same way ryan pace gets used for leverage when you have lewis riddick painting the bears as a dark horse in the deshaun watson derby and you have brad Biggs saying the thinking among sources only the thinking is the bears are prioritizing russell wilson i guess you go as far as you can but it Neither report sounds firm, authoritative, proactive. So share with us what you know and what you think, and they might be they generally are two different things.
4: Well, guys, uh, and Steve, this will uh, for those of us who grew up in the in the journalism business, if you will, uh the idea that when you report things like this it's supposed to be based on some type of intelligence or knowledge or reliable sources it's it's just it's a really frustrating time to be in the business it's a great time for talk radio it's a great time for you know social media and the web and whatever but but as far as what's really going on with the chicago bears uh, the reason i went out the other night and got some of the other old timers but also guys with credentials i mean. Hall of Fame writers John McClain down in Houston, John Clayton, who's writing for the Washington. Is to bring some sanity to it. Number one, these guys aren't getting traded. Okay, that that's where we're at right now. Neither team has any intention of dealing Russell Wilson or Deshaun Watson. Now, obviously, that can change. You know, players can be bad actors, teams can make mistakes, things can happen. But right now, it's off the table. And one of the reasons it's off the table is John. Hoggy. The Seahawks trade Russell Wilson this year, this season, they will take a $39 million dead cap hit, the biggest dead cap hit in the history of the NFL, and that would represent more than 20% of their salary cap that they have nobody playing, you know, and you just can't do that. So forget everything else. Forget the logic of trading a franchise quarterback for. You know, the Texans to take a $20 million cap hit or for the, the Seahawks to take a $39 million cap hit, it makes no sense whatsoever. On top of the fact that it makes no sense to deal a franchise quarterback when you know how hard they are to get and what would possibly be enough to get in return. And then to finish this long winded answer, guys, of the six or seven or eight teams who probably have legitimate interest in those two guys, the Bears have the least to offer. So, you know, I mean, we can continue to have this conversation ad nauseum, but it isn't going to make it real or, or, or maybe even make it possible.
2: Well, Bob, you did say, and I know you said it sort of parenthetically, that things can change. What do you mean by that? What would make things change as it pertains to Russell Wilson and or Deshaun Watson being traded from their respective teams?
4: Well, I I was a little surprised, and I was hosting Thursday night, and and, uh, Clayton and I are on exactly the same page as far as Wilson, but John McClain, who is literally one of the best NFL writers, one of the most connected, one of the most important media voices in the NFL, um, took a pretty different track on Watson. And his point is that people don't understand how toxic it's gotten down in Houston, and he you know he's not saying that it's one person's fault he's saying it's not all watson's fault yes watson is being kind of a spoiled rich kid saying you know i don't like this so give me what i want but but his point is that watson does have some reason to be unhappy now is it enough reason to possibly hold out of otas and mini camp and training camp and realize 20 million dollars in fines and? Possibly give the Texans a reason to claw back the 110 million guaranteed they gave them. Um, I would think not, you know, but uh, <laughs> there is that possibility. And and you know, Houston has been here before. You you got to remember that the Houston fan base goes all the way back to the Oilers deserting them for Nashville. And and so you do worry about you know not even if you don't care about your fans, you care about the money they spend on you. Uh, there are marketing and PR issues here. And so it depends on how toxic Watson wants to make it. Wilson isn't going to do that in Seattle. Uh, but right now, Nick Casario, who I know a little bit from his time in New England, when he says he has no intentions of trading him, he means it. And so it's not on the table now, but it just depends on how ugly Watson wants to let things get.
1: Our guest is senior score, senior football genius, Hub Arkish, the executive editor and publisher of Pro Football Weekly and football analyst for Shaw Media. One of the ways that it could happen, because what things might what might change things, on draft day, the three first round pick rule gets moved to four. Is that right? Only on draft day, the draft day special. Do I have that rule correct or am I in error Problem?
4: I am not sure of the rule that we're talking about right now, to be honest with you, student.
1: I thought that you could you could only trade draft pick, first round draft picks 3 years out. However, that changed on draft day and it would you could add a fourth year to it if you did it on that day. That's that's what I thought, which does not would not for example change the that, the cap hit that the Seahawks would absorb for Russell Wilson, but maybe that extra first round pick um, you know, in some way ameliorates the the pain of that
4: you You could be right. I don't know. I, I gotta be honest with you, I hadn't heard that one before. You could very well be right. Um, uh, you know, I'm not sure what the point of that rule would be in terms of limiting a team in how many of their own first round picks they can give up. Uh, but you know it, it could very well be the rule. I, I don't think that's the issue. I think everybody has pretty much agreed that uh, the problem with that is that the NFL has become a, a league where, teams turn around in a year or two there's no more five-year plans they're all three-year <laughs> plans right now so while you know the, that could be the rule and it could be correct I think teams focus are uh, what if I'm going to make a trade if I'm going to give up a Watson or a Wilson where am I going to be in two years in three years I don't know if they're thinking four or five years down the road so getting four or five number ones I mean I, I suppose it would matter you know we've heard goofy things like that in the NBA before But I I don't know that that's going to have a big impact on whether or not a deal gets done. If they decide they're going to trade him, then they're going to work out a package. And, you know, I I don't care how good you are. If if it's Watson, if you were to get three number ones, maybe a couple twos and a defensive stud, that's enough. It's not like needing a fourth number one is going to make the difference.
2: Uh, Brian Pace made a point of talking about the upcoming Free agent frenzy that will occur because lots of teams are going to be cutting players that maybe they would not normally have because of some of the salary cap restraints. What does that mean in the Bears world? Does that mean the Bears will have some surprise cuts or will there be some surprise signings by the Bears out of that so-called frenzy?
4: You know, Mark, it's interesting because I kind of thought we know that we get very little that we can you know, make much out of from Ryan, uh, but I thought that may have been the most revealing thing that he said in that whole 20-minute visit. Uh, it's true, we know that, but the fact that he's focused on it is interesting. And I got the sense that he was referring more to the guys who were going to be available, because okay. he was talking about how his guys are prepared and 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 they're ready to pivot and things like that. I, I think they already have a pretty good handle on their their cap plan on, on who could be cap cuts, who's going to get restructured, uh, et cetera. So I think he was referring to the the, the amount of talent that's gonna be out there. And the other half of that, guys, that makes this so interesting, and, and, and this is why Allen Robinson remains unsigned. I, I don't believe for a minute, uh, A-Rob has been frank all along that he wants to stay in Chicago. He hasn't backed off of that. He has opened up the door to considering other possibilities because this has become disappointing. Um, but he wants to be in Chicago. And, and, and I think Pace and Nagy are being genuine when they say they really want him. He's too valuable, you know, beyond being a number one receiver, what he brings to the locker room as a leader. Um, But this market is going to be so fascinating because not only are there going to be a bunch of guys cut who you wouldn't expect to be cut and be available, but because of the limited cap space that every team is working with, they're not going to get the mega deals that we're used to seeing in recent years. There'll be a few of them. You know, there's a handful of teams that, that still have more than 40 or $50 million in cap space, but it's literally five or six teams. Uh, there's only 11 teams in the league right now that have $20 million or more of cap space. Half the league is either at or over the cap. And so while teams will maneuver and they will create space by cutting guys, I think what Ryan's thinking is a lot of teams are going to cut some of their stars because there's going to be other stars that they can sign for less money. And that's one of the ways that these teams are going to be maneuvering their caps. So I think there, there'll be a surprise or two with the Bears. But you cannot. Everybody's talking about Akeem Hicks and Kyle Fuller because those are the two biggest cap savings. If you cut Kyle Fuller, that's 11 million right off the cap, clean. It's 10 and a half million on Akeem Hicks, and they are both free agents at the end of 2021. They're also two of the five best players on your team, two of the five best players at their position in the league, and you have to replace them if you want to contend. That also is what plays into all this quarterback trading stuff. It, is that's great if you're going to give up all these players and all these picks to get the quarterback, but then you're going to stink just like the Texans did at four and twelve last year with Watson because you don't have anything around him. So, you know, Ryan Pace is looking at the bigger picture here, and, and I think what he's thinking is that when when he when he goes to address offensive tackle, which he knows he has to address, when he finds another starting safety, um, and when he looks at acquiring assets to try and maneuver for a quarterback because you're not going to get your quarterback in free agency I think that's what he's referring to when he talks about all this other talent that's going to be on the market you could end up without an Akeem Hicks but but maybe you replace him with a Grady Jarrett you know I mean for less money and so I think that's what he was referring to
1: talking with Hub Arkish, score senior football genius and the executive editor and publisher of football weekly i'm glad you brought up offensive tackle i have argued for weeks and i just felt and and we are um i guess we we think alike we share the same brain going back to the jim finks mentality of build an offensive line build a defensive line everything else will eventually fill in and i i really don't have a problem if your starting quarterback is nick Foles, and i'm not even i want to start closer to the ball i want to start building there i want tackles And because I like the interior part of the offensive line, I think that whoever you're going to bring in to play quarterback, and even whoever's going to be your number one receiver, whether it's Allen Robinson or not, I think you have to start there. That would be my priority. I don't know if you agree, and if you agree, how might that get done, Hub?
4: Rosie, I've been saying for three years now that I think the Bears' number one need has been offensive tackle, and and it was exposed exposed more than ever this year. Uh, you know, I, I believe that, yeah, you want a franchise quarterback, but you can win a Super Bowl without one if you have a franchise left tackle or a really good one. Uh, the, the, the side has become less important. You do need two solid tackles now to run today's offenses with these outside zone raids where you're trying to create these seams outside the interior of the line. And I, I just I don't understand the evaluation of Charles Leno. I, I was stunned when they gave him the contract extension three years ago. I, I couldn't believe they gave him that money. Um, you know, Bobby Massey is actually a better right tackle than Charles Leno as a left tackle. But the problem with Bobby Massey is, is that after playing – or starting 76 out of 80 games and getting the big contract, he's missed 14 of the last 32, and he's not exceptional. He's probably a little better than average, you know, run blocking. He's a little below average in pass protection. You can win with him, but I don't think you can win with Charles Leno at left tackle. And what's disturbing to me is that I I did a little just kind of calculating. It didn't take a lot of research on this, and not only have they badly misevaluated the talent level of their tackles, they've made no investment in the offensive line. I I think Ryan Pace gets a bad rap, guys. I I don't think he's a bad GM. I don't think he's a great GM or a good GM. Um, He's he's made a couple high-profile moves, a couple big wins, a couple big losses, Uh, but at the end, he's a lot like everybody else. But what is disturbing to me about what he's done as the GM of the Bears is in six drafts now, he's drafted a total of seven offensive linemen and none in the first round and only three on day two you know he hasn't gone out to try and get the people he needs they look at free agency he has signed some starters on the offensive line but they've been journeyman average level players like massey and Jermaine ifedi and at some point if you want to win in the nfl you have to invest your most valuable assets at one of the most important positions and that is in today's nfl offensive tackle
2: do you think alex Barrs can start a tackle for the bears hub
4: You know, I'm curious to see that experiment, Mark. I I was really excited when they got him. You talk about priority undrafted rookie free agents. Uh, There was probably half the teams in the league were interested in him. Nobody expected him to go undrafted. And he did play uh, right tackle with these redshirt years. I get confused whether they were sophomores or juniors or whatever it was. But uh, in his uh, first year as a full-time starter at Notre Dame, he played the whole season at right tackle um he then played guard I know in a lot of the draft write-ups he was uh as a prospect considered a guy who had a left tackle body and and I think he's a really good football player the problem I have with that something I heard Tommy Thayer saying uh, Thursday night here on the score on the all-access show is that I'm tired of these guys who are you know flexible and malleable and maybe they could be a guard maybe they could be a tackle as, as Rosie just said, I think they're in good shape on the interior of the offensive line right now. You've yeah. got James Daniels and, and Cody White here with Pro Bowl upside at guard or center. Uh, and Bars and Mustafer are clearly both NFL starters there. But now you need a pure stud tackle on either side of them. You've you got to go get true tackles. And, and I don't know that Alex Barr fits that description. He, he's a good football player. Um, the problem is, is that he's kind of locked out inside because I, I just I believe that James Daniels should be at center That's where he can be an all-pro white hair is better at guard. Sam Mustafer is strictly a center He's not gonna play guard. He's not big or stout enough now bars can But they seem to like Mustafer at center uh, enough that they're willing to play Daniels at guard so I don't know what you do with bars if you're not gonna play him at tackle but I'd like to see him get a shot at left tackle. I guess is the answer, Mark. But they got to get competition from, from you know, a top level tackle as well.
1: No, well, could start in a couple weeks. Hub, appreciate your time. Thank you for your expertise. Thanks for sharing with us.
4: Guys, thanks for having me. Hope you have a great day.
1: You, you too, too. That's Hub Arkish. He's the Score Senior Football Genius, Executive Editor and Publisher of Pro Football Weekly and Football Analyst for Shaw Media. So you heard from Hub. You heard from me. You heard from Mark. We're going to hear from somebody who was recently in the Bears locker room what he thinks about this, from Mitch to match to everything else. Next on Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score. Welcome in and welcome back. Steve Rosenblum, Mark Rody with you. Chicago uh-oh. Sports Radio 670, The Score. Saturday, suckage. We suck so you don't have to. We are uh, doing less. Of the suckage today because now we're going to hear from somebody who knows. Mark, you want to hear from somebody who knows? Somebody else Absolutely. who knows. Yeah. How do you do that?
2: Who so might that be? Ky-
1: what about Kyle Long? You oh. like your, would you be interested
2: in that if I brought him I you love some Kyle, Kyle Long. Long? I got to be honest with you. I heard the interview yesterday on the, the yeah. Parkinson's and Spiegel show. I thought it was great, but this is just like hearing or seeing a movie the first time. The second time, I'm going to listen and see what I get out of it this time as opposed to what I got out of it yesterday, which was greatness. Greatness.
1: Greatness. You get nuance and depth the second time as well as the massive knowledge. So we bring this to you from the Parkins and Spiegel show yesterday. Here is former bear Kyle Long.
3: What do we get totally wrong about football? Like You hear us and you're like, oh my God, they have no idea what it's actually like.
6: You'd be surprised because I wouldn't be able to tell you because um, I just don't know. I think you guys are passing the test with flying colors. I mean, it's oh, okay. awesome. uh I'd, lo- I'd, I'd really be interested to hear what you guys think uh, with all the free agency stuff and, and the big news that could be potentially coming out of House Hall in the next few weeks.
5: Yeah, all right. So that, that's the thing, Kyle. You, you tweet out, something tells me the Bears are about to make a massive splash in a good way. The fans deserve it. And... Do you have any inside information here, or are you just like us, and you're just reading Twitter?
6: Yeah, I have no inside information, but I do understand the position that Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy are in, and it's one that you know many, of, uh, many a coach and GM have been in before. I mean, obviously Chicago is one of the greatest cities in the world when it comes to food, sports, people, all that, and I think they deserve a winning team, and I think the fans deserve to have that level of entertainment week in, week out, and we know that that quarterback position is as important as any in the game. It's a quarterback-driven league, and I think Ryan understands that. I think Matt understands that, and I think they will stop at nothing to make sure that they bring in a guy who they think will catapult them into the playoffs year in, year
5: out. Who would you like to see be their week one starting quarterback next year?
6: Well, obviously the the pie-in-the-sky ones are Deshaun and Russell, uh, you can't think of a team that doesn't have a chance to have those guys at quarterback. Um, but other names that have crossed my mind, Sam Darnold uh, was one I was thinking of, and I heard Mark Sanchez talking about Sam Darnold. He said, "Look, he can be as good as he can be as good as he wants to be, but if he goes out there and he goes three and out two times, he's going to get booed out of the stadium at MetLife, and that's the reality of the league. And I feel like you get a guy like Sam Darnold, you plug him in with a roster like Chicago." Um with a defense like that, the sky's the limit. Uh so I'm just trying to, you know, maybe dial back the pie in the sky a bit. Deshaun and Russell would be amazing. Um mm-hmm. Chicago deserves a quarterback like that, that that caliber. But I think a guy like Sam Darnold's not to be slept on. Uh he, he's a guy that hasn't really had his uh his a fair shot at it, fair crack at it. But uh yeah, it's interesting. Um, are you willing to get rid of the pieces defensively that are really your, your identity at this point to obtain a guy who you think can put more board, more points on the board each week? Look, defense is awesome, but you got to score points in this league in order to win. Yeah, we're talking to
5: Kyle Long here on the score. Listen, D- Deshaun Watson's my favorite player in football. I wanted him to draft him in 2017. I've said there is no price too high because you can only trade first-round picks three years into the future. So you can trade four of them if you do it on draft day. I would trade four first-round picks and other players for Deshaun
6: Watson. He's 25 years old. Is that crazy to Kyle Long? You know, I'm, I'm not really uh, hip to the dollars and cents and draft picks and all that stuff, but I do know whatever it takes to get a guy like Deshaun Watson and the Navy and Orange, you got to do it you got to do it because if you, if you have some struggles initially on the defensive side of the ball, which I don't think they will. They have guys who can step up. We've seen it time and time again. We've got youth on the roster, um, particularly in the secondary. You know, you look at Jalen Johnson and guys like that. I mean, they're, they're ready to rock, bro. They, they're out of the box, ready to rock. Um, if you bring a guy like, uh, let's just use Deshaun, for example, if you bring him in there. It's that great quarterback effect where everybody understands the importance of the moment. Everybody understands the significance of who's in the locker room. And everybody understands that each and every week you have a chance to win because of that guy.
3: Well, that's really interesting because we often talk about great quarterbacks like that, Kyle, as a great deodorant. Like if uh, the line is having troubles or if the scheme is not perfect or if the pass rush is coming because somebody slipped. That they can overcome all that. But you just kind of described their effect on the rest of the room, if we heard you correctly, that, you know, that, that like it's the seriousness of the moment. What does it mean to you as a player? What would it mean if you knew you all of a sudden had Deshaun Watson as your teammate?
6: Well, I, I, I want, let's dial it back to last year, Tampa Bay, they signed Tom Brady. The effect that Tom Brady had on that locker room was as significant as the effect that Tom Brady had on the field from an individual level. Everybody on that team understood the importance of the moment from the the, the owner down to the water boy. Uh, everybody understands you better bring it. Tom Brady's here. Let's not waste this. And I, I think and I know that the guys in that locker room are chomping at the bit in Chicago for a guy they can say, this is our guy unquestioned leader scorer of the football um that's that's what chicago wants that's what they've wanted for a very long time and i think they have a unique opportunity to make that splash is
3: is that is that something you can feel when it's not true like when you're just a little bit wondering about the quarterback or just kind of wishing it felt more secure that maybe guys don't feel the seriousness of the moment it's just sort of natural in that way
6: you always feel the seriousness of the moment, but I can tell you when there's some adversity, um, if you're playing against a guy up north with a number 12 on his back, um, you start to have that doubt creeps in. And I feel like if you have a guy like Deshaun, like Russell, like any of these dudes we've talked about, you can say, hey, let's go do it to them now. Um, and let's do it over and over and over again. You look at teams with Russell Wilson as the quarterback, and they always have a chance. Um, it's just you, you can't convince me otherwise. I completely agree. We're talking to Kyle Long here
5: on Parkinson Spiegel on the score. Now, you mentioned being open to a guy like Sam Darnold, and here's what I would say, and I think what a lot of Bears fans would say, is that, man, I don't know if I trust Matt Nagy to coach him up and develop him. We saw him get you know, the second pick in the draft. Darnold was the third pick in the draft, a hot shot prospect in Mitch, and he didn't live up to his hype under the coaching of Matt Nagy. So why would I believe he'd be able to do that with a rookie in this draft in the first round or a young guy like Sam Darnold? What would you say to that?
6: Well, One thing I can say about Matt is he does a tremendous job in communicating with his players particularly the younger players he does a great job with youth um he is a teacher he's a communicator in the building um and I feel like you get a guy like Sam Darnold who has his feet have been against the fire in that media market it's it's brutal playing in the northeast I can imagine particularly the quarterback position particularly with the success or lack thereof that he's experienced I think he would welcome the opportunity to have a guy like Matt Nagy he would welcome the opportunity to play in a city like Chicago with the fans that are loyal and uh, with you until the bitter end. I love that about playing in Chicago, and uh, I think that Sam, or anybody for that matter, would enjoy it, and it would be a, re- it would be a, a strength in recruiting, honestly. Um, they're, it's a hungry group. The coaching staff is hungry. They've got their backs against the wall. Uh, management's hungry. Ownership's hungry. They're willing to do whatever it takes.
3: Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, it seems like they're hungry and maybe desperate a little bit. Kyle, I mean, you think they get another more than one more year? Like, like if they go 8-8 eight and eight with promise, uh, that's, that's trouble for them, don't you think?
6: Well, I think the Bears have to make the playoffs this year, um, yeah. and I think yeah. everybody knows that, and maybe even make the playoffs and win a game. Uh, that might be the thing that gets them an opportunity, but it's a brutal business. I mean, no nobody survives in this league, dude.
3: <laughs> yeah, you, nobody survives.
6: You 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 know that <laughs> firsthand, don't you?
3: <laughs> oh man.
6: Yeah, well, I'm not I'm not dead yet, but uh, nobody's nobody survives the way they want to survive. <laughs> if I can say that.
5: Well, that's the thing, right? There are so few guys who get the John Elway send-off. It's good to hear that you're not dead yet, though, Kyle. Yeah, well,
6: you know, the old ticker's working. I'm out here in Arizona training. um, Just general health, feeling good. Um, I lost a ton of weight last year, but I'm up at 310, 315. Who knows, man? Who knows? Wait, 310, 315,
3: (laughs) if you lost weight, and now you're at 3'10", 3'15". That sounds like gaining weight.
6: It's I'm I'm just, you know, I feel healthy. This is what my body tells me I should be, 3'10". So, you know, I'm going to stay around good. here. I don't want to say no to the body, you know? Yeah, I, like, yeah. I like it. it, it you look good at 3'10". helps the ball fly further.
3: Yeah. Yeah. It helps the, yeah, it golf, helps the golf swing, fly. I would imagine. Yeah.
6: Right. Just bomb it off the tee. I've been doing. I've, I've been doing. Uh, I've been doing Muay Thai. I got kicked uh, a bunch of times the other day. That's no fun. I think I'm not going to go back to that class. Um, <laughs> Good for you. Those guys are crazy. Those guys are nuts.
5: Hey, you know. So you were talking about like, what we think is going to happen in the the free agency, right? And so the, the cap is down this year, and there's going to be a lot of veterans cut. Uh, Cordero Patterson tweeted the other day, like me and Alan Robinson wondering why the Bears haven't signed us yet. I saw you responded to that with just, like, the, the gif of Matt Nagy. What do you think – because I've always said, and maybe I'm wrong, that, like, the players like Nagy, that he relates to him and he holds him accountable and all of that. I know you had your issues when, when you left, but, like, am I off on that in terms of – or are you know, other guys well, well, looking during at that the side intro,
6: during the During intro, the intro to this show, I heard Matt Nagy talking about a Fast Friday, and I yeah. felt at home um i i enjoyed i enjoyed playing for matt um i didn't handle it the way i should i didn't handle it like a professional at the end and i was beat up and salty and i have regrets about that but uh yeah i I think there's no doubt if you're healthy and you're performing well you like everybody when you're unhealthy or you're not performing the way you want to perform or there's maybe some contract dispute Things get a little uh, touchy. Sure. What,
3: what do you regret, Kyle? Is it something that that we know publicly, or something that that happened privately that we don't? Um, even know you know,
6: about? I just I just wasn't I I wasn't a good I, I didn't bring positive energy towards the end. I was just so beat up, and I was uh, a woe is me guy, as opposed to what can I do to better the guys around me. And you know, that's that's the nature of the business. But you live and you learn, right?
5: Hey, man, ab- absolutely. And when it's all you've wanted to do, and then your body starts betraying you like that, I can't imagine the position that would put you in mentally.
6: Yeah, it's tough. I mean, this game's not for everybody. My dad told me that at a young age, and it took me 20 years to figure out why. Um, you know, it is what it is. It's a beautiful game, but it's, uh, you know, she'll bite you.